five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, fighting for direct marketing and direct mail every day. Tom Fishburn, <clears throat> the innovation funnel, and he shows the idea, concept out at the front, and then access, development, testing, and stage gate. And basically, as you go down here, you get more and more teeth. Run the gauntlet, and what survives gets launched. Well, that's sort of true, as he puts it. Most organizations use some version of an innovation funnel to bring ideas to life. There's a lot of ideas at the front end, and then whatever survives all the way to the back end gets launched. Okay, and but what really happens in the real world, this Darwinian process of bringing ideas to life doesn't necessarily lead to survival of the fittest. If we're not careful, Tom says, the innovation funnel leads to survival of the safest ideas. And I would call out Tom on this one. If we are careful, the innovation funnel leads to safest ideas. What we need is less careful. <laughs> We need some cavalier, run the gauntlet, charge the cannons, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead thinking. That's what we need. You know, study the, study the creation of the post-it note. And it's like none of it made any sense. And then they just did it in, in spite of all that. So organizations are good at spotting risks. Yes, there's always risks. Give it to legal. Give it to accounting. They can be, the ideas can be pruned, sheared, shaped, and watered down beyond recognition. They can lose the essence of the idea. They may lose the point of difference and the reason for being. And so here's, here's a, a few great cartoons that he's done. This was from 2002, way back in the beginning, before I think he was full-time. Life cycle of an idea. Okay, and uh, I'm trying to read that part. I don't know what it says. Let's let's see. Make it big. I'm going to see what that says. Eureka. Oh, that's what it says. Okay. The idea is an apple. Capital constraints. Technical feasibility. Legal review. <laughs> management and decision. Development. Final product is applesauce, not the apple. <laughs> Stubbornly marketed as the original idea. Well, I doubt if that'll ever happen. But anyway, I thought that was good. The Garden of innovation she's got her beautiful little plant and everybody's standing around with shears this one was my favorite we need to do something so innovative that no brand has ever done anything like it that's apparently the boss and then he says seems risky can you give examples of other brands that have done this <laughs> yeah okay if it fails i'll just sack the team oh man Drop everything. This, It's a new sexy trend. Lust. If our competitor does it, we should too. Envy. The more features, the better. Gluttony. No one will notice if we cut a few corners. Greed. If we work fast, we might launch it in three or four years. <laughs> Sloth. With our brand on it, it's sure to be a hit. Pride. If it fails, I'll just sack the team. <laughs> Enough of that. We better get off of there. Let's see. Now we want to go to, um, oh, we got some things here that I don't even want up. Okay, there we go. 
Okay, so ad fraud tops 100 billion annually, according to the ANA. And there's the graphs just going up, up, up. And these are the different categories of ad fraud, which I didn't quite understand. You know, some are click bots and some are this and some are that. Uh, spoofing, click and spam, ad stacking, install farms, and click injection. That seems to be the biggest one. Okay, and they said 18% of the internet traffic is non-human bots. I've seen it higher, lower, etc. And so I, you know, in my cavalier way, I say, well, you should do mail because the internet's full of fraud. I get people every day. Uh, okay, Robert, I hope to see you there. I don't know if we've ever met, so that would be great. Um, <clears throat> so, so in my cavalier way, I point to ad fraud. And when people solicit me and say, you need SEO or you need you know, lead generation on the internet, or you need more video, or heaven help us if I had any more of that. Um, I say, you know, the internet's mostly fraud. <laughs> that usually stops them in their tracks. But look at this, look at this article from Yahoo. If you get this in the mail, throw it out immediately. Police warn. And there weren't too many police warning. But anyway, this is a little, <laughs> this is something I hadn't heard about. Uh, Callie Coleman warns us that they're putting out fake stamps now. China apparently is doing fake, according to somebody, the Sioux City Police Department in Sioux City, Iowa, um, on its Facebook page, widely circulated, the Facebook page of Sioux City, Iowa, said that a person had gotten postage stamps in the mail that they did not order, and these stamps had been mailed from China and were counterfeit. This reminded me of the infamous Nazi plat plot to drop counterfeit British pound notes on the countryside instead of bombs to inflate the currency and destroy it. Of course, we do it ourselves now. But anyway, maybe China is trying to, inf is trying to undermine the U.S. Postal Service, uh, which I can't imagine why. Maybe because we quit doing that deal where you could buy a, a $1 item with free, free postage from China. Somehow the Postal Service had, had agreed to that. I don't know why. But anyway, just give you a heads up on that. If you get free stamps and you use them, you might have your mail confiscated. <laughs> but if you had junk mail, <laughs> I not mind. I don't know. Anyway, this is one of the best articles I've read in a long, long time. This is by Cindy Greenglass okay, at Brand United. And I'll tell you, I'll show you why I think it's so great. Hacking human behavior can improve response rates. And that, I think, is a little bit of a clickbait. But I do know I do know Nancy Harcutt, and I think very highly of her, and she's got a lot of good ideas. And this is, this is really, she chimes in on this one. So Nancy suggests that neuroscience, the study of how people behave, and make decisions can help us with our ad creative. And um, that there's a series of decisions that consumers need to make before they buy anything, okay? So knowing the process they go through. And this reminds me a little bit of Thinking Fast and Slow, a really interesting book that I read a while ago. George Mosier, my, my, my late friend George, recommended it, and it really was a, an interesting read. So there are specific shortcuts that people automatically default to using. And that's exactly what the book is about. 
So how can framing significantly impact impact sales? And framing can be a lot of things. It's like uh, it's like when you do you're negotiating for the price. Okay. So I was sending my son needs a bicycle, and uh, so we were looking at ones that were two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, or the guy I was going to buy him from said, well, a good bike is going to be at least $250. Now, he hadn't, he hadn't shown us any bikes. Um, but, you know, he's he's framing the, the your thinking. So you're thinking, well, I don't know if I can afford a $250 bike. But if I can't, maybe I can't get a good bike. And I want a good bike. So I guess I have to figure out how to come up with $250. And then I go out on Craigslist or Facebook uh, marketplace and I find bikes all over the place for under a hundred dollars. I think hmm, these look pretty good. I can't tell a good bike from a bad bike is what it really means. <laughs> I should buy it from the other guy. But anyway, all of those processes are framing. Okay. They're setting it. We haven't looked at any bikes yet. Not really, not seriously. And yet we're, we're setting the stage for this. <coughs> so, um, this was an interesting study that was reported on in the Journal of Consumer Research where marketers need to communicate an additional shipping fee. The fee could be referenced as a $5 fee. You know, instead of free shipping, we're going to charge you $5. Or it could be framed as a small $5 fee. Just one word change. One word. Okay, and it's probably in the, you know, on the shopping cart or in the, the, in the small print someplace. They ran a split test. I love split tests. With only one word change and found that it and found that framing it as a small $5 fee gave them a 20% lift in sales. Now, is that hacking human behavior? No, I don't really think so. It's really, you know, positioning what you want to say, saying it well, uh, as Leo Burnett used to say, a truth well told. Um Okay, loss aversion is another thing, although she doesn't give an example of a test. And, um, you know, should we be ethical? Yes, but we should also, you know, as illustrated in the, uh, in the test example above, you know, make it, sell it. Okay, so whether you use direct mail, email, digital communications, results matter more than ever before. By combining the art of communication with the science of behavior and testing, don't leave that out, <clears throat> which is what we do at direct, at, here at WDMA. Uh, the science of behavior, we can stack the deck even more in our favor and ensure even greater success in our campaigns. Right. But you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know the incremental lift unless you do the, the testing well. And a truth well tested might be even a better slogan than a truth well told. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.